Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to the Gospel according to Luke chapter 2, and reading for our text, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. Our text begins with a but, and there is a contrast between that which has gone before. They had heard those things that had been told them by the shepherds, and the shepherds then had made abroad, uh, known abroad the saying that was told them concerning this child. And we read in verse 18 that all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But with Mary it is different, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Of course, with those that were hearing these things, in one sense they were removed from it. The Lord Jesus was Mary's uh, child. These things were said of her child, whereas those that were looking on, they were hearing what was being said of another's child and another's path. And there will always be that difference as to what is spoken that directly concerns us and relates to us, our loved ones and our family, and that which then is spoken about concerning others. But it is a vital thing that especially as concerning ourselves, that we do keep those things that we pass through and ponder them in our hearts. Later on in our Lord's ministry, we read of how the disciples took the palm trees, they uh, sung Hosanna to him that cometh, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And then we read that these things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. And so there's a waiting for a time when it is clearly seen what was done and what these things were pointed to, not casting away things that we don't understand or casting away things we can't see an immediate reason, but here is remembering and then looking back. And when we think of Mary here, in effect she had to wait 33 years before she could clearly see and know what those things were that were being said. Yes, there was many things she walked through before that time, but when you think that the disciples were still, when the Lord had risen from the dead, uh, saying, Wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom unto Israel? They were still not in really receipt of the clear view of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so for Mary to have these things laid up in her heart, and it says before us those things that 
we are actually to meditate, think and ponder on and not let go. Later on, we have in the letters to the churches, and especially Paul's direction to Timothy, to meditate upon these things and to give thyself wholly unto them. But here is another aspect, not only the meditation of the doctrines and teaching of the word, but of those things that happen in our, in our lives. And so I wanted this morning to uh, look at the events from the conception of our Lord and really from when they went from Bethlehem and then back to Nazareth where we finished our reading and look at it in the eyes of Mary, through Mary's eyes because it is a very different story, a very different picture than actually we, we read it here. We're giving background information again and again but with Mary, the way that she walked it is the way that we walk our lives and walk our providences and things coming not uh, in, in a way that we are anticipating them, but very often suddenly coming upon us. So I want to divide the period that is before us into three Three parts, the time first of conception to birth, and there's some four or so points in under that heading. And then we come from the time of the birth of our Lord to the, his presentation in the temple, including that. And then we have the time from Bethlehem to Nazareth. So it is divided the path that Mary walked at this time in her life uh, into these three areas. So firstly, the time of her conception to birth. And we would say that it is set forth here that it is a time when she is espoused to Joseph. We understand the custom was that treated uh, as a wife, but living separately for up to a year before the wedding was actually uh, consummated. And it was during this time then that they probably did not see each other much at all, if at all, that uh, the events start, that we have first Mary entering upon this, this path. So I want to go back to Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. And this would have been the first time, the first indication. We don't read of any preparation, any anticipation uh, that there was anything special to happen in her life at all. But suddenly we have an angel appearing uh, to her. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. 
And so this must have been a, a, a tremendous thing, a, a, a sudden appearance and a message here that she was highly favoured. And we, we read here, and it's easy to pass over it, she was troubled at his saying, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. It's easy for us when we're familiar with a passage and looking at someone else's life to overlook what was going on in their minds, the perplexity, the surprise, the description here, troubled at the saying. And we can bring that to things that suddenly come in our lives as well, when we may feel the same. Now, this was a very blessed, sacred time for her, and yet she is still troubled. And when there's things that we cannot understand and we must walk through, then we don't go through as Stoics, we don't go through as those that are unaffected by what is happening to us. And so the angel then uh, speaks to her, tells her she has found favour with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. So she was not only told that she should bring forth a son, not any child, not whether it be a girl or a boy, it was to be a son, and that his name was to be called Jesus. Then is told that he should be great, called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Now, this again would be a remarkable thing for her. She is espoused to Joseph. Now, it is true that both Mary and Joseph were of the line from David. Mary coming through Nathan, David's son, and Joseph through Solomon. But it would have been, I believe, evident to her that that would have confirmed the line or confirmed her own husband. Or what was being said to her is linking to her husband that was of that line. And then he set forth that his reign over the house of Jacob forever, his kingdom, there shall be no end. Now Mary thinks those things through, she has questions to ask. And again, what a reminder to us, when the Lord reveals things to us, when he speaks to us through his word, when we have the paths of providence, and we see it more in this later on as well, that it is right to come back to the Lord and ask questions, to ask him in prayer, to clarify those things that we don't understand. And Mary here, she asks how this can be, seeing I know not a man. And the angel then clearly tells her how it should be, recorded for us, of the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of of God, the miracle of the incarnation, the 
answer to Job's perplexity, how can a clean thing come out of an unclean? This is not natural generation. This is not through Joseph. This is through the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. Then Mary was told another thing, and that was that her cousin Elizabeth, uh, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now, this was an important link, and links through to the next event as to what was to happen. When Mary was told these things, she, she believed it, it's a direct contrast to when Zechariah was told about Elizabeth conceiving, he did not believe and therefore he was dumb for the time of her pregnancy. But in this case, she, she did believe and she then immediately goes to see Elizabeth. I want to, just before we even come and later on look at with the shepherds, here is a telling of something and then immediately putting it into practice and going to see about it. She doesn't just say, here is some new news about my cousin. Uh, of course, in today, you might pick up the phone or communicate and, and say, is this really so? But in this case, she, she goes and she goes to, to see her. And... She gets in that a, a wonderful token, wonderful evidence of the reality of what had been done to her. She did believe, but there are those things that accompany salvation, accompany belief. It's like with the Apostle Paul, when he related the wonderful vision he had on the Damascus Road, and there were those that said that he was mad. What? A vision, a light from heaven, a voice from heaven. This is, this is madness. But when he can testify the change that had been wrought, how he'd been brought from a persecutor of the people of God to a believer of the people of God, wherever the word of the Lord is, it will produce an effect. And this is the case here. She she goes to Elizabeth and when she comes to Elizabeth then she has a real wonderful thing that happened. You can picture that Mary coming into this house with Elizabeth and saluting her and saying hello to her as it were. The, then the babe leaps in her womb and Imagine coming to Elizabeth and Elizabeth suddenly crying out as she answers her salutation, Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. You imagine Mary coming through that door and hearing her cousin saying those things. How, how did she know it was the mother of the Lord? How did it have that effect on the baby in her womb? 
actually putting these things together. Uh, this is not an isolated thing. This is now witnessed with Elizabeth as well as with Mary. And, and, in, and in going, Mary has a wonderful token. And then we have the effect that it has upon Mary. But before we come to that, maybe think of this because it was told Mary that the Holy Ghost should overshadow her. And then she immediately goes to Elizabeth and then immediately Elizabeth is saying that this is the mother. The, the conception had already taken place. She is coming already as the Lord Jesus Christ is already conceived in her womb. We do not and not are told otherwise at this specific time when the Holy Ghost shall come. The angel tells that that should be so. But then immediately she goes to Elizabeth. Then she is hailed as the mother of my Lord. So then this effect on Mary, she says in verse 46, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And she speaks, she praises the Lord in those verses that, that follow right through to verse 55. The Almighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He shows strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He, she really praises and blesses the Lord. Now, wherever the blessing of the Lord is, it loosens the tongue. It, it really has an effect upon those that receive it and those that believe. If these, our Lord said, of when they were crying, Hosanna, as he came into Jerusalem, if these should hold their peace, the very stones should cry out. And we see the effect here with Mary. And then we're told that she abode with Elizabeth for three months. Well, Elizabeth was already six months, and so now three months, so it's coming right up to when her full time was come, which is, of course, recorded in verse 57. We said at the beginning that the custom was to live separate, Joseph and Mary, before they were brought together. But then when we come to our reading where we began to, to read, then we find that they are together. They're going together uh, to, uh, to Jerusalem, to Bethlehem from Galilee. And what then had been done in between? And you think of with Mary in this situation and... She must have felt when these tidings came and that she was with child, how will Joseph react? How, how will he receive this news? And yet she, she seems to have been able to completely leave this with the Lord to the blessing that she had. And we see that the Lord, he dealt with the matter himself by appearing to Joseph. So when she then returns, she is able to 
go to Joseph and Joseph is, has, has been told uh, that uh, verse 24 after he had the message from the angel that his wife, his espoused wife should bring forth a son he is told the same name uh, of Jesus and then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. So again, Mary from Mary's eyes, she would have had Joseph again, like Elizabeth, knowing what had happened to her. Joseph knew what had happened to her and Joseph willing to have her then come into his home, take her as his wife. And these are the things that Mary was walking through. The, the blessing that has been done with her is, is being revealed and known to those round about her as well. And so coming to Luke chapter 2, we find them affected by a decree in the land. What a mixture, you might say, of visits from the angel, a miraculous work of the conception, and yet they are here below. They are subject to the laws of the land, they are under the Romans, and the Lord uses those things as well and uses it to fulfil the scriptures that our Lord should be born in Bethlehem and so they go then to uh, Bethlehem uh, to be taxed. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And Mary is walking this path. You might say it is the path of the time of her pregnancy, the time of conception to birth and the things that had happened during that time that had wonderfully confirmed what had been shown her and told her. And remember, by faith as well, is like the case with Hannah who prayed for a man-child from the Lord in those days, no scans to determine whether it was a, a man, child or a, a girl. And so again, there is a real aspect of faith, walking it out, that it really is, as God has said, it, it would be. And I, I do want to emphasise that walking it out. We, we kind of think, well... Uh, with those those people who are somehow different. The things that were hidden, they weren't such a perplexity, they didn't need such help to overcome uh, doubts or unbelief or uncertainty. They needed just as much help, faith and blessing as what we do as we walk the unknown way. As the hymn writer says, Providence unfolds the book and makes his counsels shine. So on to look then as they come to present our Lord after he was born into the temple. 
So he first then he is born. In Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 7, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. The birth of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, made under the law, born of a woman. And just in these verses, in Luke chapter 2, we have these, these two aspects that are brought together, that the Saviour, the Redeemer, the promised seed, the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head, should fulfil these two things, should be born of a woman and also under the law. And so when then again he was born, they are given another independent witness, independent <coughs> knowledge that God had told someone else, namely the shepherds, of what have been done. Because remember by naturally so, here is a woman with a man-child. It is only by, by faith, by revelation, that he is really known who he is. Who is this? And again and again through Scripture, the Holy Spirit brings in these other witnesses, brings in those that have been told as well of what this child is. And so there is Mary with the babe, and suddenly then, at the door, come these shepherds, Never seen them before. Why are they here? And they come and when they see it, well, we're told they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. There's no doubt that they told Mary and Joseph all of those things, what had been said of them related to them, what had happened. So concerning Mary and Joseph and the babe, there's been something going on outside of their lives, in another's life, concerning them, that they know nothing about until the time that these shepherds come and then they find out what has been going on. How many times that... One has found that this has been happening. I remember when I very fearfully went to my father and told him of the exercise concerning the ministry, when it was brought forth in the ministry, running what he'd say, and his response was, I thought you would have gone years ago. And unknown to me, he had been exercised and burdened about it. And very often when a person is brought to faith in Jesus Christ, there's been others who have been praying for that person. They've been watching. They've been noticing the concern and noticing the difference. And it comes then as a surprise to that person that things have been going on concerning them that, that they didn't know of. There's been a lead up 
to present events. And really every one of us, those things that are present, we can look back to things that have happened maybe years ago. I can look back to supposed mistakes that were made in school, putting in a wrong class, skipping a grade, a little adjustment, you might say, in the chronology of my life that profoundly has affected everything that's happened ever since. And is remembering, looking back and thinking, these are things that the Lord has ordained and done. Other people have been used and they have been prepared unto this time. And so here is a, a witness and a testifying of what the angel has said, uh, that there was born this day in the city of David a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And they would have said to Mary, this sign we see, we see the babe, we see him in swaddling clothes, we see him lying in a manger. This is what God told us, this is what the angels said, we would see, and we see it. And Mary, she then walked through this. And then we have, eight days later, the law of God in Leviticus, it prescribed that for a man-child there was to be seven days that the uh, woman was unclean. On the eighth day, he was to be circumcised. And with a, with a girl, it was to be 14 days and then with a man it was to be continuing in her separation up until a total of 40 days and then presented in the temple which was in this case here with a girl that was twice as many, it was 80 days totally. So it was a fulfilling of the law, not that our Lord was a sinner or unclean in any way but born of a woman they kept the law of God. He was under that law. And so this is the first time that he is actually being presented in the temple. In one of the last prophecies in Malachi, we read that he, Behold, I send my, will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. I believe in one sense, this is especially relating it to John Baptist, is his sudden appearance in his ministry, in his years of ministry. But this is the first time he was actually brought into the temple by his parents and suddenly coming into the temple. Then we have another two witnesses, another two that the Lord had shown what this child was and what his ministry and his work should be. And so the, the first one we have is Simeon. And so again, from Mary's view, from her eyes, we find her and Joseph coming in to the temple to do for him after the custom of the law. And he takes him up in his arms. You imagine this, this man, a stranger to them otherwise, and taking up her babe. 
And then saying, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And well, the scriptures describe Joseph and Mary and his mother marvelled at those things which were spoken of him. A aged man saying that what he was seeing in this bay was what God had told him, what he had waited for, what he had looked for, and now having seen it, he could die. He could depart in peace. He got all that he wanted in seeing the Lord's Christ. When we think of those in Hebrews 11, that long cloud of witnesses right through from Abel, who they died in faith, not having received the promises, but seen them afar off. And here is Simeon, and he's seen them afar off, but he received the promise. He saw the Lord's Christ, and he believed. And uh, very sacred. Uh, this again is touching a real testimony of the life of a child of God, one that is facing death and with viewing the Lord Jesus Christ, viewing him as thy salvation. Really, he could have said, my salvation. What a difference. And, and, and he could die having seen that and believed that. And then we have Simeon not only testifying concerning Jesus, the babe, but also blessing his parents, testifying what that child should be, set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. There's many different thoughts over these verses as to what they mean. I've always taken it to mean that our Lord Jesus Christ, he should be the author of salvation through many. Many brought into conviction, pierced in their own souls. And you think of those at, uh, at Pentecost, they are pricked in their hearts, they are convicted of crucifying the Lord. But also pointing that Mary herself was a sinner. She needed a saviour. She needed the work of God in her heart and uh, it is the, the work of God to begin in the heart, a heart work. And our Lord was insistent on that, that with the heart man believeth and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And Mary was, was given this uh, token herself and uh, you know, Mary beforehand, uh, when she had been filled with the Spirit and, and testified, she rejoiced in God, her Saviour. These, of course, you, know, you may say a natural way, and some of the commentators point to this, of all of the trials that our Lord walked through, especially uh, leading up to his crucifixion, pierced her heart you know she, she had to walk through that she had to walk through all the 
contradiction that our Lord went through, all of those that called him Beelzebub, she walked through all of that. And I've no doubt she thought of, of these words as well, if we interpret them in, in, in that way. Then we have Anna's uh, testimony and she coming in again. It must have been a remarkable thing, not just Simeon, but this aged widow to suddenly come in and uh, testify, giving thanks. Likewise, verse 38, unto the Lord spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So the emphasis both with Simeon and to Anna was to our Lord's work as the Redeemer, the one that should uh, put away the sins of his people, one that should pay the price, one that should fulfil the law in that way. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption and very clearly, even at this stage, while the babe pointing directly to him. And so this was then in the temple. Thirty or so years later on, in that same temple, our Lord was to come. Our Lord was to read Isaiah, who was to testify that these, this day these things are fulfilled in your ears. And in that temple he was then. Uh, to speak of the salvation uh, that he had come to accomplish. We have this period then in Mary's life followed by the time from Bethlehem to Nazareth. Now in this account, in Luke, it is as if it happened very suddenly and we need to be mindful of this and many of the accounts in scripture, many of the summaries, and especially perhaps at the end of the Gospel according to Mark, and you realise that there are many days, a lot of time that is taken between these times. So when we read here in verse 39, that they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, there we must fit in a lot that we take then from in Matthew uh, before they then returned. So I want to look lastly at that time from Bethlehem to Nazareth and in effect there's three uh, areas of time that happened then. So when they are now in the house, when they moved from where they, the baby was born, we read in the Gospel according to uh, Matthew concerning wise men. Now again we have a lot of the introductory that is in chapter 2 uh, set before us of how they <coughs> saw the star and how they came. But as for Mary, she would have found first that there comes to her these wise men from the east. We're not told how many. They were Gentiles, not of the Jews. And they are coming. And they're coming to 
see her babe and to see these men come in, come into her house and to fall down and worship him and open their treasures. They had already thought and brought along these treasures that would give to a king and that would set forth what they saw in the Lord Jesus Christ. This again a, a wonderful evidence, wonderful token to Mary and all of these times that again and again the Lord is revealing to different ones concerning the same child, concerning who he was. Every one of them spake so highly of him. Every one of them could see his glory. And when we think of Isaiah, that he should grow up as a root out of dry ground, no form nor comeliness, but here is a babe. Here is one that cannot even speak, helpless babe. And all of these people are seeing in him that which only God could reveal. And they all agree. They all agree. And they all put a spur of the crown upon his head. And then the next thing that we hear is that Joseph is being warned. And Mary would then have been mindful of this. She'd had the visit from the wise men. And then Joseph is being warned that they should flee and not go back up to Nazareth straight away, but to go into Egypt. And so we read in verse 14, He arose, he took the young child, and his mother by night departed into Egypt. And there they stayed there. We're not told how long it was that they stayed there, except it was until the death of Herod. And again, fulfilling, as noted here, fulfilling the scriptures out of Egypt, have I called my son. We read then of the terrible things that happened in Bethlehem when Herod took vengeance and slew all of those from two years old and under the time that he'd inquired of the wise men. But for Mary, she was safe there in Egypt. And when we then read that when Herod was dead, it wasn't just an automatic thing that Mary and Joseph, when Herod was dead, thought, well, now we'll go back to Israel, to Nazareth. There was that event, but there was also the word of the Lord to them, the angel appearing to them, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Sometimes we can think, well, just because providence is directing us in a certain way, that surely now it is time, now it is right to do it. But the Lord will direct and guide his people, not just by providence, sometimes it is, it's taken completely out of their hands. We think of what we said about coming to be taxed. In one sense, they didn't need direction from the Lord on that. This was a fulfilling and doing what the law of the land Commanded. We don't read an angel said to Joseph and to Mary uh, to, to go to Bethlehem to be taxed. They didn't need that. 
But here, to go back to Israel, uh, there was need of the Lord to direct them, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, go into the land of Israel. They've always been very interested in this, that the direction was just to go to Israel. But as they go, then they become fearful because they read that Herod's son was reigning and so they're afraid to go. The Lord takes knowledge of the fears of his people, even in the way that he is directing them of. And so it is here that, again warned of God in a dream, they turn aside into the parts of Galilee came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. Well, this is a fulfilling of that which is in in Luke, returning back to Nazareth, where they had come from. And these events then, this is the path that Mary walked and went. And in that path is a clear lifting up and extolling of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as the promised seed, as the Saviour, as the Redeemer, as her personal interest in that. The name she had been given was the same name as that which uh, Joseph had been given. And unlike her, Joseph had been given the reason for the name. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, that is Saviour, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I always love the uh, short description that is given there, that he has a people, they are sinners, he shall save them from their sins. And this then was confirmed with them both and given this name. And Paul, when he writes to the Philippians, he speaks of him being given a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And here then is the path that Mary saw it. And I hope it is with us that we ponder the path of our feet and that which the Lord brings us in as well. Because with Mary and, and with us, there will be a unfolding of the purposes of God and the blessings of God. Those places where the Lord has determined us to be the bounds of our habitation here, with, with Mary, it wasn't just in one place. It was moving from one country to another country and that was bound up in her life. And the Lord was in it and the Lord was appearing not just to her and her husband but to others, making known that these things were of the Lord. And so... Others may wonder, but it's a blessed thing for us to keep things that happen in our lives, to treasure them up, to ponder them, to go over them, to lay them up. And later on, the Lord may show even further blessing and further help 
in what he has done and those things that we have walked through give a clearer light later on in our lives. But Mary kept all these things, not just some of them, but all of them and pondered them in her heart. You don't even read that she discussed them all with Joseph. Often the things of God are very close, they are very personal, and though he may discuss them and go over them one with another, and especially husband and wife, yet the Lord dealt with them separately here. And of course, later on, we're not reading of Joseph. Mary had to walk, we don't know how many years of her life, but certainly with his ministry and the crucifixion alone. And so we are to notice that path as seen in Mary's eyes, how she has viewed it, how she has seen things, and maybe very different than Joseph saw it. Some things were the same, but certainly different than others in this account. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Amen.